Hi guys, it's episode 7 of The Beauty of Ugly and it's day 5 today of the MCO or RMO or MRO or CMO or whatever it's called, right? Uh, it's the it's the stay at home for 2 weeks thing and today is the 5th day and it's just ridiculous that we don't know what it's called and so I went on the internet and I asked uh, what is this thing called and the official answer from one of my friends who's a journalist he said that the government the government wants us to call it the MRO the movement restriction order so there you guys know what it's called now we're all on the same page and yeah it's day five and uh, it's not been easy I I gotta admit, even as an introvert, and uh, by the way, uh, all you introverts and Gen Xers and homeschoolers, you guys need to chill it with the gloating. You guys have been having a field day out there. I think we are all pretty much even now. So take it down a notch. And I can say this because I'm all three. I'm a Gen Xer, I'm an introvert and a homeschooler. And as someone who's all three, I gotta admit that on day one, I was like, stay at home, are you kidding me? I was born for this, woohoo, now's my time to shine. And now on day five, I gotta admit it kinda sucks, you know? I didn't know doing nothing would be this hard. I'm kinda bored, I wish I could get out of the house I and do something. I haven't really been doing nothing, I've been... I've been very busy on social media. I started a Twitter account called Coronavirus. I <laughs> I got really uh, I got really frustrated with people who were just um, doing stupid stuff, like going to big gatherings, right, and going out for breakfast, even though we're supposed to be staying home for this two week period. Just pissed me off. So I thought like, you know what? I'm gonna say, instead of saying like, don't do this, I hate this. I thought I'd do the opposite. And I'd uh, start a Twitter account as coronavirus and said, I love this, right? I love religious conventions. They are my jam. And I was like, you guys are gonna stay at home. All you're doing is fattening the curve. Saying stupid shit like that, right? But after a while, I also thought like, you know what? Maybe it doesn't really work because there are a lot of stupid people out there. So maybe I'm underestimating their stupidity and uh, they're gonna take me seriously and say you know what uh, this thing on Twitter says I should go out I should go to large gatherings so after a while I kind of like just stopped doing that and I just started just sharing funny stuff about coronavirus uh, my wife's doing some gardening right now she uh, earlier she asked me to help her pick some flowers she wanted to put it into the cooking and I was like why are we eating flowers we can order grab food it's day five and we're eating flowers. Not because we don't have food, but because we're running out of things to um, impress our friends with on the internet, maybe. My wife's been ordering a lot of food, actually. Like, way more than we need. I guess it's her maternal instincts, maybe her motherly instincts. She's always trying to uh, make sure we have enough to eat. I got a question for you guys. Um, do you think... Do you guys think that food delivery guys are transmitting COVID-19? Because I'm starting to judge them a little bit, you know. I see so many of them and sometimes I'm like, okay, this guy's okay. And then this other guy, oh, he looks like a guy who doesn't wash his hands. You know, <laughs> like, um, based on nothing at all, no information at all. I'm just like making all this judgment based on how they look, right? Which is, which is unfair. But at the same time, 
nah, I'm just like, I'm not taking any chances. I'm washing my hands every time. Yeah, they're kind of our frontliners as well, right? They're kind of like still going out, meeting lots of people, even though we get to stay home. What do you guys think? Food delivery guys, part of our frontliners in a way, maybe, yeah. Why am I asking you guys? Uh, you guys are not going to leave any comments in my podcast. Nobody does. So I'll just ask this on uh, Facebook. The other day, I actually made this joke on Facebook. I said, my son's not wearing pants. My wife's not wearing any bra. So I guess I'm in charge of taking all the deliveries. And that turned out to be one of the funniest things I've ever said on Facebook. And a lot of people gave me ha-has, you know, like 200 overreactions. Uh, everybody enjoyed it. But one of my friends, uh, one of my wife's friends, I should say, uh, is uh, kind of offended by it. She's like, uh, you're okay with your husband saying that you don't wear a bra at home? And I was like, god damn it, people are offended by this? This is like one of the cleanest jokes I've ever done, right? Like, I'm not talking about sex, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about fucking, you know, I'm not talking about... Is, is this misogynistic? I don't know. I'm just talking about something that happens in every household. No woman wears a bra and every guy pees in the shower. Can we all just admit that, you know? Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm just... I always focus on that one person who's not laughing, you know? So I... I don't know. I... Okay, if you guys are the kind of people who are offended by the word bra because I mentioned the word bra and therefore the joke's not funny, then uh, I'll rewrite the joke for you, okay? All right, here's the new joke. We answered the door and we were all properly clothed, okay? You guys happy? Jesus Christ. Um, maybe the problem is because sometimes on Facebook, I, sometimes I'm joking, but sometimes I'm serious, you know? The other day, I, was, uh, I shared this serious thought. I... You know, we're having this MRO or lockdown. Well, okay, not a lockdown, but an MRO. And I'm thinking different countries are having different lockdowns at different times, right? So, like right now, we're having this MRO for the next nine days. Um, so what is the end goal here? Are we just like getting the numbers down, getting the in number of infections down in our country? And then opening up the borders again, and then and then what? You know, uh, like the other day, I was I mentioned in one of the previous podcasts, maybe in the last one, that uh, in the UK, uh, originally they were going to aim for like herd immunity. They were going to gradually move towards sixty uh, percent infections, which they thought was what was needed for herd immunity. Um, whereas uh, in other countries, we're just trying to get the numbers as low as possible, ideally zero if possible, but just as low as possible. So what is it we are doing here? Do we actually have a goal? Do we actually have a game plan? Or are we just going to do this thing for two weeks and then hopefully the numbers get down and then even if it gets down to zero, and then what? Are we just going to open up all the borders again? You know, are we just going to allow people to travel outstation between states, uh, overseas? And then we're going to what? We're going to just go back to thermometers at airports and checkpoints and then watch the numbers slowly rise again? Or are we going to have another RMO period? What is the plan? We don't seem to really know. Like the government is either not telling us a lot or doesn't really know what it's doing and uh, I have to say, 
you know, in the past few days, it really seems a little bit like they don't know what they're doing uh, in terms of communications with the public, in terms of explaining that, you know, when we say you've got to stay home means you've got to stay home, not go back to your hometown and go and eat in the kopitiam, you know, have breakfast in the kopitiam. That's, that's not the MRO. That's, that's business as usual, right? And I got to say the health minister is, uh, boy, uh, a few days ago, he said that maybe we've hit a plateau because he saw like the, the number of daily new infections are decreasing and he thought we hit a plateau. No, we didn't hit a plateau. A plateau is not when the number of daily new infections are decreasing. A plateau is when the total number of cases are not increasing at least, right? And right now, we are at over a thousand infections. Uh, over a thousand people are sick and a few people have died. So uh, no, we have not hit a plateau. A health minister. So I was a little bit thinking like, maybe this guy is not as smart as we think he is. And he confirmed it two days ago when he said on national TV that you can kill the virus by drinking warm water. I'm sure you guys have seen that one, right? So uh, yeah. This guy's a confirmed moron. Uh, don't listen to anything the health minister says. Just get all your official uh, COVID-19 related information from the DG of Health. And I'll put his page on the link down there as well. Uh, and uh, also, since I'm on this topic, I'm going to put out this disclaimer that I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical guy i'm not even a smart guy but uh this is my podcast and you guys are listening so uh just make your own judgment right so having said that i'm gonna say uh so i asked this question like what is the game plan i asked it on my facebook and a lot of my friends gave me like what they thought some people thought like some people thought that maybe we were um, just doing this for two weeks and then some people thought like maybe we would extend maybe the government might extend it some people thought like this won't be the last uh, MRO that we have and some other people said well we are just we don't know what we're doing we're just trying this thing for now and hopefully the numbers go down and we hopefully get it to survive long enough until we get uh, to the point where we have a vaccine and some other people are saying like, uh, you know, we're just trying this for now until we build more hospitals. And all that makes sense, right? Um, and then some of my friends shared a lot of links with me, which I've been reading, a lot of news articles. And some of them pointed to other news articles and other reports, and I've been reading them. And most of them point towards this one report from the Imperial College in the UK, Apparently, they've been uh, doing studies, they've been uh, doing simulations on computers, and they have been studying like what's been uh, learned from Italy and China and South Korea and how uh, the disease has been uh, spreading in those countries. And they've gathered a lot of data, and they've studied this data, and they've put it into a simulation, and then they, they were studying a lot of uh, what they call NPIs or non-pharmaceutical interventions, things like um, closing schools, what happens when you close schools and uh, uh, what happens when you do social distancing for the entire population, what happens when you do um, social distancing just for the old folks, you know, uh, 17 and above. They studied all these interventions, uh, all these NPIs, 
and they came up with three scenarios. Uh, one is when you do nothing and you just let the disease spread, right? And uh, of course, the results is disastrous. So uh, we don't even have to talk about that. You know, in the US, 2.2 million people would die. Uh, their hospital beds would be uh, overwhelmed by 30 times. Um, I should say their critical care beds are overwhelmed by 30 times. That is their ICU units, I think. ICU, not ICU units. That would be ICU intensive care unit unit. That doesn't work, right? So their ICUs would be uh, overwhelmed by 30 times. So yeah, this study uh, focuses a lot on uh, the American population and also the UK population. Basically, it just studies these two countries, apparently. Uh, I guess uh, that's all they care about, these two countries. But we can learn a lot from it. We can apply it to other countries. Uh, New Zealand is actually basing their uh, strategy around this report as well. So, right, the first scenario, do nothing, just disastrous, right? And then the second scenario is mitigation, where they uh, practice case isolation, uh, voluntary home quarantine, and social distancing of people who are old, right? And in this instance, uh, the number of deaths is halved, but that's still a lot. And it would still, in the case of the United States, it would overwhelm their critical care beds by eight times. So that's still way, way out of whack, right? So that's no good. And then the third one would be pretty extreme. They call this third scenario um, suppression. So in this case, they would have case isolation, social distancing for the entire population, and uh, school and university closure. So in this case, they would be able to likely reduce the reproduction number to under one. Reproduction number is uh, basically on average how many people one sick person would infect. In the case of COVID-19, one person would actually infect two or three other people if you just don't have any uh, interventions. And so it spreads very quickly, pretty quickly, I would say, because uh, not as quickly as, for example, measles. Uh, measles spread very quickly because one person could infect 18 other people. So in the case of measles, they estimated that in order to have herd immunity, you need 95% of the population to be uh, to have the infection. In the case of COVID-19, they estimate about 60 based on the rate of infection. Um, so from there... Uh, they studied these three scenarios, and I'm going to read this real quick. As, uh, it's sort of like a summary. It's an excerpt from the Imperial College report. Um, overall, our results suggest that population-wide social distancing applied to, applied to the population. That's a bit redundant. Uh, as a whole, would have the largest impact, and in combination with other interventions, notably home isolation of cases and school and university closure has the potential to suppress transmission below the threshold of R equals 1 required to rapidly reduce case incidence. A minimum policy for effective suppression is therefore population-wide social distancing combined with home isolation of cases and school and university closure. So what this means is if you want to reduce 
the infections, schools have to be closed, um, people with symptoms have to stay at home for seven days or at least be isolated for seven days, and population-wide social distancing, which means, I wrote this down actually, all households reduce contact outside households, schools, or workplace by 75%. I think that's pretty similar to what we're doing in Malaysia, uh, although we call it uh, everyone stay at home, right? Uh, but basically, you still have some contact. You still have like a little bit of like you got to go out and buy your stuff. You got to go out and do your banking. You can. So yeah, reduce everything by 75%. Stay at home as much as you can. Um, when you're at work, don't touch anyone, that kind of thing. Okay, all this nerdy stuff, what does it all mean? Right, so based on this study, the UK has this, they have changed their strategy. Originally, they were just going to um, have some MPIs to kind of control how this uh, disease is spreading, but at the same time, they're going to allow it to slowly spread until at some point, uh, I don't know how long this takes, but at some point, they're going to have uh, herd immunity, and they, now they've decided not to do that. And I think because maybe it's because it's too costly, you know, you need, you're going to need a lot of hospitals, a lot of uh, ICUs, you're going to need a lot of uh, doctors, a lot of medical workers, you need a lot of money. So generally, it is, they've decided it's harder to keep the numbers down when the numbers are high than it is to keep the numbers down when the numbers are low. Does that make sense? So their new strategy is to really reduce the number until it's low and then try to keep it down. And uh, so they're going to do that using all the NPIs uh, that are recommended. Basically, they studied five NPIs, and some are more effective and some are less effective. And so they're going to take the three most effective ones are the recommended ones, and most likely those are the ones they're going to use. Um, I already mentioned uh, those are case isolation, means the, the person who has uh, symptoms have to stay home for seven days, and they assume that 70% of the people are going to comply. And on top of that, uh, um, social distancing of the entire population means all households uh, reduce contact uh, with the outside world for about 75%. I don't know the details, but I think it's roughly, roughly like kind of like what we're doing right now in Malaysia. And closure of schools and universities. This seems to have a really huge impact on uh, stopping the disease spreading. So these three things are the highly recommended by this report. So the UK is going to do this, and of course, when, once you bring the numbers down, you don't have to keep these NPIs in place all the time. Like just having schools closed like all the time, 100% of the time, that's, that's not practical, right? So once the numbers are down enough, they're going to like, okay, there's only like a handful of people who are still sick, so it's time to open up the schools again. And then when the numbers start uh, climbing up again, then they're going to put them the NPIs back in place again. So I think that's what they're going to do uh, in the UK. And I think that's my understanding of how countries are going to respond to this uh, report. And I think in the US, they're going to do something similar. They are going to uh, take this report very seriously, for one thing, because the US actually really also faces this obstacle because they have a president who, how shall I say, 
fired the pandemic response team like two years ago or three years ago, and he is incapable of admitting that he's wrong. So uh, he's still trying to come out a hero. He's still trying to come out of this thing looking good, even though like for the past few months, he's been ignoring all the intelligence reports that uh, an, a pandemic is going to happen. And up until like a few days ago, he was still kind of poo-pooing all the reports and saying, no, it's just a flu, it's fine. And now he's in trouble. And he's basically focusing like, way too much of his time and energy and the government's resources trying to blame China. Uh, so I don't know, um, US, I, my American friends, I uh, feel for you guys. I hope that you guys are gonna come out of this okay. I hope your government takes this report seriously uh, because it's all we have right now. And in the case of uh, New Zealand, New Zealand is actually in a pretty nice situation in a way because they are at the early stages. They don't have many people who are infected and the numbers are still low. But at the same time, they have very low critical care beds per capita. They don't have a lot of ICUs. They don't have a lot of um, hospitals and doctors. They really need to build more hospitals and train more medical staff. Uh, but at the same time, before they do that, they need time to do that. Uh, they are going to have to be very strict. And uh, Jacinda Arden, their PM, is actually taking it very seriously. They, um, she is prepared. Their government is prepared to even have like a lockdown for a year or more. If, if it, that's what it takes, that's what they're prepared to do. Other countries, I don't know. Um, Indonesia is starting to, looks like they're starting to take it seriously. Up until a few days ago, there was going to be a Tablik Muslim convention that was going to be 9,000 people strong. And uh, Indonesian government cancelled it. I don't know if those guys held their own fringe festival somewhere. I don't know. But officially it was cancelled and dispersed. But the Indonesian government still allowed a mass gathering of 1,500 Catholics to do a mass prayer. And their cases are increasing, I guess. And uh, now uh, Jakarta is under lockdown, if I understand correctly. So hopefully Indonesia is starting to take this thing seriously. Hopefully they're learning from some of the other countries and uh, some other countries are still not sure what to do. I heard there was a 25,000 people mass prayer thing happening in Bangladesh. <sighs> Guys, I'm not against religion. I believe everyone has the right to practice any religion they want, any how they want, as long as it's not stupid as fuck. And going to a, a large prayer gathering in the midst of a pandemic it's a really dumbass thing to do. I'm sorry. So numbers are going to increase there, I think. And uh, right now it looks like every country for themselves, basically. And hopefully the smart ones will figure out what to do. And the wise ones will copy what they're doing. And hopefully that'll be enough. Also in the... In Imperial College report, a report by Neil Ferguson, he mentioned that 
uh, they mentioned that a vaccine is going to take at least 12 to 18 months to develop. And I think they're talking about just developing the vaccine and testing it. They're not even talking about manufacturing enough to provide for the whole world. That's going to take another like at least a year at the very least, right? Um, so yeah, um, vaccines are still far away. And we are going to have to uh, live a kind of a different life until that happens. So I think uh, last episode, or maybe two episodes ago, I was asking this question, uh, is this the new normal? Yeah, it looks like this is going to be the new normal for another um, year or two. I don't know. Oh yeah, the Imperial College report also mentioned that because it's not practical to just keep in place the MPIs the whole time, then uh, when numbers are low enough, uh, they would recommend to have those MPIs in place two-thirds of the time. For example, two months on and one month off, and that should keep the numbers low enough. So um, what happens is it's just going to be a series of uh, smaller spikes rather than one big spike uh, on the graph in terms of uh, number of infections. Originally, I didn't understand this. I thought like, why is it better to have a series of small spikes rather than one flat curve, right? Like we're always talking about flattening the curve, right? Flattening the curve, like that's our catchphrase for the past week or so. But now it seems like it's not, it's not going to be flattening the curve because it's not going to be a flat curve. It's going to be a series of small spikes. And I was thinking like, why is that better? And I guess I thought about it and I read the report again and again. And, and now I realize that it's because of the NPIs that they had. Of course, it would be great to have one flat curve, but because you... It's because those NPIs that are most effective are also not really very practical to keep in place all the time. They, so they're going to stagger it, for example, two months on, one month off, or two weeks on, one week off, or something like that, right? Uh, so I think that's going to be helpful, and I hope that's enough. Right, what else am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about uh, entertainment that you guys can find online, uh, a lot of a lot of my comedian friends, a lot of my performing friends are actually putting out a lot of uh, content. So you guys can go check that out. For example, look out for the hashtag MyStandUpFromHome. Uh, that is just all my friends writing jokes at home and they can't perform these jokes and they're not going to be able to perform them for a while. So they are sharing all these new jokes that they wrote and you guys can read those jokes, you know, and tell them to your friends. But um, share them, but don't steal them. <laughs> Apart from that, uh, Rizal, uh, the owner of Crack House Comedy, he is uh, performing like twice a day, just like really short, like maybe just one bit or two. And he's performing at 3 p.m. and 9 p.m. every day so far, it looks like. It's kind of funny to watch him perform because it's like uh, uh, there's an audience, you know, like uh, 30 of us would go and watch him perform, but like uh, he can't really hear the laughter so it's like uh it's kind of hard to get used to i guess and uh he's he's gotten better at it over time and uh, i i think in time to come maybe he won't be able to perform to a real audience <laughs> uh, uh but nah he's he's great he he'll get back into it but uh right now he's just performing from home 3 p.m and 9 p.m every day i'll put the, all this into uh, the description below so look for it 
what else is happening? Uh, my friend Juliana Hing from uh, that I mentioned uh, in a previous podcast, she is also performing some poetry and some stand-up. Uh, my friend Stephen Bones is still putting up like uh, videos and he's still uh, doing podcasts and he's also writing jokes. Um, oh, my friend Rakib wrote, wrote a great joke today. <laughs> I'm going to share it with you guys. Uh, in this time of MCO, it's nice to hear all races being told to go back home. So I thought it was a good one. Um, Chinese people and Indian people love that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, the key to unity is staying apart. <laughs> so you can check out all these great jokes uh, if you look up the hashtag MyStandUpFromHome. It's all over Facebook. Uh, my friends Kiran and Prakash and Brian the one mic stand crew they're having like their shows every day as well uh either once a day or twice a day and they're funny guys and usually they have a fourth person like a guest on the show and they will talk for about an hour i think it's very off the cuff uh, but it's also very funny so look out for that one and i think uh, today i saw Kevin and Papi. Kevin J and Papi Zach, they are having their own show as well. So that's definitely going to be funny too. There's other videos you guys can watch as well. My friend uh, Gajan has lots of videos. My friend Dr. Jason Leong has a lot of videos as well. Uh, you guys can check all this out. There's a lot of great stuff. And uh, as they come to me and I think about them, I'll put them into the description below. One last thing before I go, I want to say Malaysia, take care of yourselves, wash your hands and stay home. You know, some of you have been doing a really bad job of staying home. I'm sorry, auntie and uncles, you guys gotta stop eating your breakfast at the kopitiam, okay? Go home. There's a pandemic out there and all you aunties and uncles, you're still like going out to eat your nasi lemak and roti chanai and wonton mee. Come on, man. That's crazy. It's not okay, boomer. I know some of you are thinking like, well, you're not sick. You're not going to infect anyone. And uh, if you do, well, you just deal with it, right? But uh, it's not that simple because you can infect two or three other people. And that's how the disease spreads. Like right now, we have over a thousand people are infected. If everybody behaves the way you guys do, then before we know it, we have a large uh, portion of the population is going to be infected. And then hundreds or thousands of people are going to be dead. So you don't want that to happen. So we all got to do our part. Everyone stay home. It is not about whether you get sick or you don't get sick. It's about we all have to do it. Reduce your risk uh, as much as possible. Stay healthy. And also, yeah, I'm going to talk about this one guy, this doctor who uh, went jogging in the park. Until today, he, he still feels like he doesn't need to apologize. Like His logic was kind of like, well, the whole point of uh, the movement restriction order is so that um, we don't have contact with each other. And so if I go out, you guys are all at home. So what's, what's the big deal, right? There's no one here at the park, so I'm not going to get infected. Yes, true. But if everybody thinks like that and everybody behaves like that, then it's just going to be chaos, right? So uh, yeah, this guy, doctor, whatever his name is... Uh, you gotta stay home, dude. You can't be doing this. It's really arrogant and it's really like entitled. You think because everyone is staying home so you can start going out now? No. Everyone has to follow the rules. 
Otherwise, you know, it's just going to be the post-apocalyptic Mad Max world. Do you want that? No, we don't want that, right? So take care, everybody. Wash your hands. I'll see you guys at the next episode. Uh, my son always gets upset when I say at the next episode, but I always feel like it's at the next episode. I'll see you guys in the next episode. You guys are not in the next episode. Anyway, I'll see you guys at the next episode. Bye.